welcome back to Messy Minds, where we come to unpack and declutter our thoughts. You're joined by your co-hosts, Jessie Chow and Mary Nguyen. With borders around the world opening back up and COVID restrictions easing globally, everyone is itching to get out and travel again, us included. On today's episode, we'll be sharing some of our favorite travel tips and tricks to help you prepare for your next adventure. But before we get into that, how has your week been, Mary? Yeah, it's not been too bad. I'm definitely trying to get back into the swing of things. So obviously we've had a couple of weeks off and you mm-hmm. know, getting back into recording has been a little bit of a struggle. It but has. It is what it is, but there's obviously been news that the restrictions in Japan have been lifted and mm. a lot of Australians, specifically us Australian Asians, have been waiting for this moment. And a lot of people are actually still on holidays after their European trip. Some have gone to Southeast Asia. And I'm definitely feeling a sense of a travel bug that I've been missing out for like three years. Uh, a lot of you probably knew that I was supposed to be going um, on a plane trip in September. That fell through. So I'm definitely feeling a little bit FOMO. <laughs> Um, yeah, 100%. Yeah. So this this topic couldn't come at a better time. And I guess it's just mentally preparing me for my next trip. <laughs> yeah, I can definitely relate, especially like since I think the European borders opened up a lot earlier mm. than the rest of the world. And everyone took advantage of that. And everyone is having the European summer. People were coming back with tans and stuff while we've been withering away in the Melbourne cold. <laughs> so I can definitely feel mad, mad FOMO. Um, but yeah, like you said, Japan has opened its borders for individual travelers now. So you don't have to go with a tour group or book with like a travel agent. And um, like I think Taiwan's also opening has opened their borders don't Mm -hmm. quote me on that and I know Hong Kong has also lifted their hotel quarantine rules so everybody has been like jumping on that Mm. and trying to get plane tickets and plane tickets like like the prices have been jacked up especially for the end of the year because everybody is literally just itching to leave um, us included but why don't we start off today's topic with a little bit of a recap on what our travel experiences have been as as a young child and maybe Mm. what our first solo trip was like without any parental supervision Mm -hmm. why don't you go first so i've been to a couple of countries uh as a kid i traveled with my parents to vietnam which is a given it's like Mm, any Vietnamese kid back to your roots yeah um I've been to Vietnam twice now I I had to think about that for a second because it's been so long I actually haven't gone back to Vietnam for about 20 years so my memories of Vietnam is a completely different type of Vietnam Mm. to what it is now so obviously that is another trip that I need to make back soon I was supposed to go um at the end of 2019 but obviously that was um pushed back a little bit and then when we did push it back we were in the middle of COVID so that was um not something that we could have done um but I also have been to Bali and New Zealand New Zealand was actually my first solo um trip no actually no I'm quoting that incorrectly Bali was my first solo Mm. trip without parental supervision and the reason why I said New Zealand was because New Zealand was the pivotal changing life changing like 
trip that core memory yeah it, it was a it was a core memory for me so that's the the one that I was like I felt really liberated um after mm. coming home from that trip so those are the countries that I have been to but some of the countries that I do intend on going on my bucket list is South Korea Taiwan Malaysia Singapore um that's my little pocket of Asia that I want to do oh and mm. Japan obviously And I do want to travel through to France, the Netherlands, Germany, Spain, Italy. Um, That's my little European tour. Uh, Obviously, if I could add more countries into that trip, I would definitely do it. But that is just some of the highlighted countries that I would love to, Mm. if I could. Right now, those are the countries that I would go to. Um, But yeah, my travel style definitely is more of... um, what I'd like to call culture indulgent. I am not a relaxer only because I feel like I'm paid so much money to go overseas. I want to see and do everything um, and try and fit everything in. I'll even schedule in relaxing if that is something that we need to do. Um, But yeah, I'm definitely more of a doer than a relaxer. What about you, Jess? Mm. Um, I think, well, for me, in terms of my travel history, I have been quite fortunate um, to be able to travel a lot, especially when I was a lot younger with my parents. We would always go to Vietnam every in every two years consecutively because we have a lot of um, family over there who we're mm. really, really close to. We're quite, we've got a really big but also a tight-knit family. So we always um, went to Vietnam and spent some time there and we would like – reconverge with everybody and whoever would want to like or was free and available to travel with us we would always either you know travel through Vietnam or go to other countries from Vietnam Mm. so um in terms of places that I've been to so I've been to Vietnam I think that's probably one of my earliest like memories of traveling yeah I've been to Singapore Malaysia Japan Korea Taiwan and I think that's it so I think I've done most like of the mm. main countries in in Asia. Um, but Europe has been a bit of an untouched kind of unexplored area of the world that I haven't mm. been to. One, because I feel like I'm a bit intimidated by how far it is. Yeah. Um, just because I'm not very good with plane rides. Like the eight hour plane rides to Vietnam is already like enough to make me feel like by the time I get there. Yeah. So like knowing like places like America or like yeah, Europe, which is like, you know, at least like a 10 hour or even more considering we don't have any direct flights. It's like having to do a layover. I am a little intimidated, but I think this year that has changed after watching everybody's stories in Europe. Um, I definitely think it's something I do want to do in the near future, Mm. especially before I have a family. Yeah. Um, Because I think it'd be very hard to to do Europe with kids. Um, But yeah, so I think in terms of, apart from, you know, your standard Italy, France, Germany is definitely also really high on the list. So is the Netherlands and so is Switzerland. Mm. Um, in terms of Asia, I definitely want to go back to Vietnam really soon because I miss my family. A lot of my fam- like cousins have had kids and stuff now, so I really want to meet them. Definitely want to go back to Japan as well. It's yeah. one of those places that you go back to a million times and you just can't. There's always stuff to do. Always stuff to do. Mm. Um, so I've already been twice already. So I would like to do some more non-traditional, like non-touristy stuff. Yeah. To kind of um, you know, and see some of the smaller cities and stuff. So yeah, 
that's kind of like my bucket list. Mm. My first ever solo trip in regards to like without my parents was when I went to China to study in 2017, 17. Mm. Yeah, I think it was end of 2017 to the start of 2018. And yeah, I had never been like apart from going to Sydney, like Mm. with my friends, I had never really been on an international flight by myself before. And my Chinese then was not very good. So I was extremely nervous. And I remember I was, my partner was driving me to the airport and, you know, I was saying goodbye to my mom at the door and she was just like super nonchalant, like, yeah, cool. Have fun. Yeah. Just let me know when you get there. And I'm like crying because I have like so scared of one being alone (laughs) and getting lost and not having anyone with me and she just laughed at my face (laughs) she just laughed at me she's like why are you crying bro it's not that deep (laughs) I was like I'm gonna like I'm I might never ever see you again (laughs) she's like you're being dramatic just go yeah um yeah, that was a really scary experience for me. And I think I've also mentioned in pre- previous episodes, I do get a bit of anxiety when it comes to airports. <laughs> um, so that also, yeah, I don't know. It's something I'm trying to overcome. I yeah. definitely still feel that now. Yeah, so many places I want to go to. In terms of travel styles, me and Mary are the same, like we always are. I definitely am also a culture indulger. Um, and yeah, like you said, I feel like I've spent all this money like mm. to get myself to another country, why would I just want to like sleep in and like, I don't know, like watch TV or watch mm. movies in my hotel? I can mm. just do that at home. Mm. I can do that in the comfort of my own home. So in saying that, I try to really maximize my trip and my time wherever I am. So we definitely are both very meticulous planners <laughs> being the true type A's that we are. Yeah like to plan everything to a T, have backups. Do keep that in mind when we're sharing our tips. You may or may not 100% agree with them, but I still feel it will be applicable more or less to everybody. Yeah. So we are a bit of a more rigid scheduler, planner kind of travel people. Not so much spontaneous (laughs) relaxers. We don't like the spontaneity. Can I... (laughs) We have... Can we like... We can, can I like, can we lock in a time for <laughs> to be spontaneous? Can we really just, just set a time for that? Yeah, Two that months from us. now on, you know, the fifth on day this of day, the month. We'll leave it empty for us to just be spontaneous. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's us. Yeah. Um, so I guess the first kind of part that we'll look into in regards to, you know, planning your trip is the booking part. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's your first tip, Mary? I always usually do a lot of researching on rules, regulations and law for the destination that I have mm-hmm. in mind, particularly because I want to know if I need a visa or some sort of special document in order to even enter the country Mm. you know you don't you don't want to get there and then you're in customs and then you don't have the right documents to even get past the gate and you've just wasted all this time getting there and it's just the one document that you needed you you didn't obtain that so I always do that first and I specifically do it just because I want to respect people's cultures and beliefs and I don't want to offend anyone so I kind of do it just to see to make sure that I'm like you know, fitting in with the social standards and values of that country. So yeah, Yeah. that's what my tip is. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, especially, you know, now that we're all learning to quote unquote live with COVID, it's definitely a non-negotiable to not like to come prepared with everything and anything that the country might require. Some people require specific 
uh, you know, certifications that are issued by their country or certain forms that are filled out on special apps. So you don't want to be put in that situation where you have to get um, shipped back (laughs) to where you came from. (laughs) Um, I guess another kind of thing to really consider is when the best time is to travel. So that might be a season thing. So whether that's what the best um, season is to go, what the best time is to go in the year so that you can really maximize the activities you want to do. So if you want to do like outdoor activities and stuff, maybe you want to avoid the rainy weather. But um, if you're looking at it more from a financial perspective, maybe you should consider avoiding going during peak season or during school holidays or during mm. Christmas to maybe save money overall and yeah. maybe just even avoid the crowds. 100%. I agree with that one too. And obviously on that note, you would want to realign those seasons with activities that you might want to do because for example you're not going to do water sports in the middle of winter do you know what I mean Mm, or if you're looking to do I don't know ski on the biggest mountains in Norway or something like that Mm, um you're not going to go in summer exactly (laughs) or spring yeah so those are the Mm. things that you should consider as well moving on to the next tip that we have for you guys is checking to make sure that you're passport has not expired or is not Mm -hmm. going to expire in the time that you're going to be overseas so obviously with recent borders opening up we've had horror stories about people lining up outside the passport um, issuance office for like days and weeks and hours on end just to get their you know passport issued or renewed and it I just couldn't think of a more like horrific thing to have to go through so terrible experience (laughs) yeah so definitely get your passports like done and issued well and truly even before you get your trips like planned Mm -hmm. if anything to be safe yeah another really important thing to do is to have multiple copies both digital and physical of important documents such as your passport accommodation bookings travel insurance documents etc um you never know like when you'll need these things Mm -hmm. and your phone is not always reliable yeah um there have been instances where you know my phone's died or there's been no internet and i can't retrieve my emails to and i'm trying to you know get into my hotel booking or you've lost your passport and you only have you didn't make a copy of it you didn't take a photo on your phone and now you're trying to get it reissued at the embassy and it's a big big problem yeah and um you know i always say when you're traveling you can lose anything else except like your important documents like your passport for example yeah so really really handy to just have multiple copies in different locations yeah so that in the instance where you do lose something there's always a backup yeah we're definitely a little bit crazy about that one <laughs> I, I, I I feel like safe it's just like I'd rather feel safe than sorry you yeah, know that's true I never felt sorry about having 10 copies of my passport <laughs> <laughs> I feel reassured it helps me sleep at night okay <laughs> that's it the last tip that we have for the booking section of the tips is to get travel insurance mm-hmm. I have had friends and friends of friends who have traveled without travel insurance and yeah. I could not be more anxious for them because mm. one of our friends a while back went to Bali without travel insurance and racked up a quite a big bill at the hospital and could yeah. not pay for it. I'm talking Ooh. about like $50,000 in Oh my god. Yeah, in bills for the hospital and I'm like if they had just gotten at least like the basic 
travel insurance, it wouldn't be as As spiked up. Yeah. Mm. Not only that, if you've done your research as well, if you get the sufficient travel insurance to cover the types of sports or activities that you're going to get yourself into as well, it will always protect you from any sort of like incidents that may happen. Yeah. You can just never be too sure. It's definitely money you shouldn't try to save, you Mm. know? The risk, the the pros just outweigh the cons in this instance. So I feel like if you can't afford to get travel insurance, then maybe just consider not going or like not doing certain activities because it really isn't worth it because you could end up with 50K debt in your life to save $1,000. It's really just not worth it. Mm. Mm. Um, Moving on to the second segment of our tips is in regards to itineraries and activity planning. Um, you know, like we said at the start, me and Mary are definitely more culture indulgent. And I think that's, uh, in terms of travel style. And that's something that you also need to consider when you're going on your holiday, what kind of holiday style are you trying to have? And if you're going with other people, what kind of style do they have? And if you need to compromise that, Mm -hmm. and that will really help you to decide your itinerary, whether you have, you know, pack days from the start to the finish, or you have pack days with full of activities at the start Mm -hmm. or, and then have more relaxed at the back. It's really kind of just really dependent on personal preferences and the kind of people um, you're going with. Absolutely agree with you. I I definitely think that you need to figure out the objective of the holiday before you start doing Mm. sort of like planning your itinerary. Even before I do a booking, I've already listed out what things I would like to do and see. And yeah, so I I call it the wish list. And I also make other people that I'm traveling with do a wish list as well so that we can sort of cross out like cross out the ones that obviously don't fit or like integrate the ones that we both want to do or whatever and then we try and make it fit where um Mm. it obviously comes aligned make a wish list of things that you would want to do see or visit this will ultimately then be the biggest help to try and figure out how much you can fit in um it will also help you figure out whether or not Mm -hmm. you require certain types of travel insurance or visa docs etc and then what i would do from there is obviously transfer the wish list into an itinerary to help plan out the time frame and the schedule so this is obviously the same time that you've made your booking and then let's say you've made your booking to go to New Zealand for eight days so you've got eight days in New Zealand now you plan it out in eight days and you kind of slot all of your wish list locations and to do things into um areas yeah. that's how I kind of do it like to locations yeah, yeah, yeah. like group so them in together yeah in like whatever's like yeah. within that 30 minute like drive or whatever so that you yeah, can like do yeah. it all on the same day mm. yeah if you're going to a country the distance between different cities might be like two three yeah. hours you're not going to do something in Tokyo one day and then the other the next day something else in I don't know like Osaka Hiroshima or, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or something yeah hours to get like, there mm. exactly and then go back to Tokyo the day mm. after it doesn't make any sense so you want to group all of the activities into one location uh, over a, you can spread it over a couple of days or whatever yeah. and then move on to the next location mm. so that's what I usually do I obviously then look into accommodation and I sort of speak to the people that I go with or whether if, if I'm traveling by myself then I kind of go okay this is a non-negotiable location or activity like I must yeah. do this I cannot leave this country without doing this and then I prioritize it in like 
non-negotiable time filler and then like I give myself free time for whatever Mm -hmm. else comes Mm -hmm. up and then I have a list of things that are like uh don't nearly need to go but can do like that's kind of the how I sort Mm -hmm. of plan out my itinerary Mm -hmm. what about you Jess do you I think definitely do it in pretty much the exact same way working out like Mm. like you said activities you want to do first group them into the areas and then decide based on like the areas it, oh, I'll do all of this in one day. Hmm. Like you said, it just it does. It's the most useful, good use of your time to group it into areas, hmm. and then group those days based on the accommodation that I'm at. So if I'm living yeah. on one side of Tokyo that's closer to one side of the city, where like near, let's say Takashida Street, then I would try to do all of those activities there because it's close by to home yeah. to really utilize like my time. Um, but another few things that I would like to mention is having backup activities and restaurants. I find mm. that that can also be quite helpful, which I guess that could also be your can go to or can go see thing, but not yeah not time fillers time fillers or, or your, yeah, just like your yeah. low priority list. I think that really helps. And I just have never gone on a holiday, like especially by myself without an itinerary because I found yeah. that what ends up happening is you wake up without a purpose you're wasting time going, oh, like maybe we want to do this. And then it's, oh, oh, how do, how do I get there? And then you've yeah. wasted two, three hours trying to figure out where you're going and how to get there instead of yeah. you could have just woken up and just gone straight there and you might have already finished that activity by the time you yeah. get to that destination. So mm. um, I also like to plan out the start of my holiday really jam-packed because I find that when you yes. first get there you're like super excited super energized I'm like I'll wake up at 5am I'm so fine with that and then towards yeah. the end of the trip that's where you get a bit tired which is where I like to fill in the more chill days where I'll do for example shopping I like to leave all my shopping yeah. days at the end one because I'm not lugging mm. all of my stuff with Eve throughout my trip and then mm-hmm. yeah because shopping is a bit more relaxing it's not as like intense, like high intensity. So yeah, it's a bit yeah. more chill. That's kind of how I like to kind of structure uh, our itinerary. Um, yeah. A really good tip that I had to learn the hard way also is to looking into making reservations or like purchasing tickets in advance for things. And I think this is a really, mm. really handy tip because one, if you want to go somewhere, for example, that is really, really famous or really, really popular, sometimes you have to make a reservation like months in advance, especially for yeah. like I don't know, a specific restaurant that's like I don't know, a Michelin star or something. If you yeah. if that's something that's really high on your priority list, you should really look into booking and making a reservation as soon as possible to make sure mm-hmm. that you don't miss out because that's something that I had to learn the hard way when I went to Japan. There was this restaurant that I really wanted to go to and I did realize you had to book literally like three, four months in advance. I was like, oh, we'll just have a look. We'll just book when we get there or whatever. But no, we ended up yeah. not being able to go. So um, definitely learned that the hard way. And also purchasing tickets for things such as theme parks, I think is a really good way yeah. to also help manage the money because going on holiday can be quite expensive. And, mm-hmm. you know, you're forking out, you know, three 5k 10k all in one go you know when you're there if you can spread it out by you know booking your tickets in advance you know if you're seeing a show or going to a theme park etc it really helps you to kind of spread out the money and Mm -hmm. kind of you know keep yourself not too broke (laughs) yeah um (laughs) i guess that leads us on to our next segment about managing your money when you travel Mm -hmm. so how do you kind of like manage your finances when you're on holiday 
because it can be quite tricky. Yeah. One of the things that I had to learn as well is obviously when I went to Bali, that was the first time that I had traveled without my Mm -hmm. parents. And Bali is definitely a location that is quite heavy on tipping Mm -hmm. culture. And when you exchange money at the airports, they give you the highest dollar note that they have there in exchange. Mm. Yeah. And that was one of the, I guess, mistakes that I made the first time that I went was I just exchanged everything not knowing that I had to get smaller notes because when you get into the, like, out of the airport, there's people there that, like, help you, quote-unquote, help you with your luggage and they take you to the car. Mm. And then because they've helped you with your luggage, they're expecting a tip, some sort yeah. of, like, tip. Mm. And obviously when you don't have smaller notes, you just have to give people... You whatever have, you've yeah. got there's right no, there's the no change denomination. giving correct the highest denomination there is um i think it was a hundred thousand uh but. i can't remember yeah no not but but is thai mm. um indonesian rupees? dollars i can't remember the name for no. it. no yes rupee, rupee. Mm. i think it's rupee yeah and obviously a hundred thousand converts to ten dollars in australia which isn't much but it also honestly. is it's not much but we had like five people help us, so I literally gave away $50. like fifty dollars mm. in the one go. Ten dollars you know I mean? tip like, is really high in in Asia. It is very Asia. high. People tip like yes. two dollars. Yeah. that's the kind of how much people yeah. tip like a yeah. dollar. So mm. I basically got scammed the first five <laughs> minutes I was in, you know, Bali, and yeah, that was a life lesson that I had to, I guess, learn learn <laughs> on my first. <laughs> trip and yeah that's that's why that is something that I didn't obviously research yeah. very well about so um going anywhere now I definitely try to get money exchanged at a low like a if they're using cash and that sort yeah, of thing it's to get cash um, smaller change mm. for tipping culture so mm. that is one of them one thing I like to do before I travel is try to research how much it costs in terms of like daily spending in that country. So like how much roughly mm-hmm. does food cost and stuff like that? And that's so easy nowadays, especially with YouTube. I love watching like travel vlogs of the country that I'm going to. And a lot of people like mm-hmm. to disclose like, you know, how much a thousand dollars can go in that country, et cetera, et cetera, to kind of yeah. see, you know, what my average daily spender is like not inclusive of shopping, for example. And this kind of helps yeah. me to budget my trip overall and also budget my trip mm-hmm. on a daily standard so that I'm not spending a thousand dollars in a day without noticing, for example. Yeah. So yeah, that's one thing that I definitely recommend like people to do. Like when my sister went overseas to to Japan with her friends for the first time, we had sat down and gone, okay, we're gonna give you, let's say a day, like not Mm -hmm. including shopping to spend on like your transport and all that kind of stuff. You will be able to buy some things with that $200, but if you're like, you can't be like big spending. So there will be days, for example, that she won't buy anything. And then that obviously will carry over to the next day. And then once we changed it over to like Japanese yen, we bunched it up into little like $200 packets of cash so that each day she just takes one stack with her and that was like that was her budget for the day and I think that was a really helpful way for her to like manage her money and her spending Mm. so she'll be like oh if I want to buy something yes I'll take some of the money from tomorrow but that means that I can't like I can't go and eat like I don't know like wagyu beef for the next day 
etc etc so um yeah i think that's one nice or a good way for you to try to manage and budget your trip and let's just say you go to a country where they're not very heavy on spending cash Mm. and you they you generally use card then one of the other tips that i would usually do is get a travel card so a travel card is like your debit card but it only has whatever is in that account that you can transfer across. And holds, like, international currency. Um, And that way it's a lower exchange rate, but also if your card gets stolen, your money, all of your money and your savings is going to disappear Mm -hmm. in one go, essentially. So it's also a safety thing on the other hand as well. Yeah, I think that, for me, is all my sort of financial tips. Do you have any other ones for the listeners? I do feel like most places now are still quite cash heavy in terms of like Mm. when you're traveling and stuff so I always like to always try to exchange some sort of cash um, some small amount of cash before I head into a country Mm. Um, and I guess that's where you have to do a bit of research on where your best exchange rate is whether that's at like independent um, currency exchanges or at your bank Um, yeah trying to prepare yourself in advance I never go to a country without any cash on me because you never know if you need to go I don't know to like a convenience store to buy something and they don't take card or um, you need to take a taxi and they don't take card like you what are you gonna do you know and if you get to the Mm. airport and the currency rate is shit well you you don't have a choice so I think definitely doing your research on where the best currency exchange rate is before you go and carrying some sort of money with you is always important and I always also bring Australian dollars with me or your native country so that in the case where you do need to exchange more money, you also have backup. Yeah. It's all about security and backup. <laughs> That's all what we're all about. <laughs> the planner in us is mm. really coming just the out ang- of this I'm episode. just really like showing my anxiety. I really have thought of every bad situation that, that could ever happen and I've really secured myself. <laughs> Let's move on to the next segment, which is packing tips. Now, I love this segment mm-hmm. because I think Jessie is an overpacker. And I am an underpacker. <laughs> but and together we make a best of... team. Literally, <laughs> friendships are just made of an overpacker and an underpacker. <laughs> I'm an underpacker to the extent of not packing too much. Yeah. <laughs> Jesse has one for every occasion, every situation, yeah, everything, basically. Every scenario, I'm, just... I'm covered. I'm covered for it. <laughs> I just rewear the same outfits. Mm. I'm an outfit repeater. So that's why I'm an underpacker. <laughs> Some of the tips that we have for you guys in terms of packing is to have a packing list. Now, um, I don't know if your list is on your phone, digital. Um, uh, it's like some template that you've made in Word for yourself. But I actually, when I started traveling by myself, I bought one from Kiki K that was like a little oh, yeah. notepad. And it's like a hundred pages and I still obviously haven't gone mm. through it, but I use that as like a checklist, I guess something to bounce yeah. off. And then I add on extra mm. little ones. Um, but yeah, that's how I sort of started my packing list. What, what about you? Did you do the same thing? Or? So I started my packing list um, on my phone, on my notes page and I swear by it. And I don't understand how anybody packs without a packing list and it was so like my partner doesn't have a packing list obviously and I feel like I would say 95% of the male population do not own 
a packing list. <laughs> Our friend April as well, who also went to Europe late, uh, recently, did not have a packing list. I was like, girl, you are doing it wrong. You are doing it all, all wrong. <laughs> but yeah, so what I've done is I've made it from scratch on my notes. And then what I do is every time I go on holiday, if I've forgotten something, I add it to that list. I add it to that mm. list so that I'll never, ever forget anything. And it's foolproof. Yeah. That's all I have to say. It's foolproof. If you want my packing yeah. list, please DM us on messyminds.podcast on Instagram. And I will be happy to share it with you. Free of charge. Free of charge. Don't worry. Don't worry. I think we're going to do... Um, I'm happy to share a template itinerary with the listeners and I'm also happy to create a template packing list uh, for, you know, our lovely listeners. We'll do it all for you. We'll do it all. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, (laughs) So, um, yeah, look, look in our socials for the links and whatnot. Uh, We'll definitely mm. um, create some things for you. Some perks of being our messy mind listeners. what is in your packing list? Um, so the pretty much the the headings are clothing, and I've literally written like tops, bottoms, shorts. Uh, I don't know, tops, bottoms, shorts, and bras, underwears. Like literally every single like item of clothing yeah. I would ever need, I'd put it all on there. And then I have my accessories, which might be like handbags or like um, hats or sunglasses. Mm. Literally, have written sunglasses, handbag, blah blah blah, everything I would ever need. Write it down. Yeah, uh, toiletries my makeup, my skincare, and very important, medicine, any medication. Never, ever, ever travel without medication. And I cannot stress this enough. Like whether that's just (laughs) Panadol, cold and flu, allergy medications, any prescription medicines that you might have, um, and diarrhea. Diarrhea is also very important. Like some Mm -hmm. of the just non-negotiable medicines that um, I always pack with me, especially if you're going to another country, one, you don't know how or where you might, how far you might be from a pharmacist. So if you were to get sick, like, you know, it's going to be a hassle to one, even try to get out of your, wherever you are to get to a pharmacy. And two, if there's a language barrier, how are you going to communicate to somebody like what symptoms you have and what medications you need? Cause it might yeah. be different. So medicine's definitely yeah. a non-negotiable. Can I quickly put in there as well? This is my Asian mom coming out. Mm. I will never travel anywhere without a bottle of Eagle mm-hmm. oil mm-hmm. or AKA Yao San. Those Viet- or Tiger Balm. Tiger Balm Vietnamese people. Yeah. See Vietnamese people, they understand that, Yao San is the one thing that will cure stomach aches, mossy bites. It's just all in one. Headaches. It's like a hundred in one bottle. You know, if you're stressed, mum will come out with that little green bottle. Yeah, yeah. Have anxiety? (laughs) Yao San. Got depression? (laughs) Just rub a bit of Yao San on your forehead. (laughs) On your temple, you know, under your nose. You always feel depressed afterwards. You feel clarity. That's what you feel. Exactly. Yep. This is yeah. not sponsored. How are you by supposed the way? to go to Germany and ask for Yelsa? Yeah, exactly. If you they're don't not, know what it's they're called, they're not going to have Yelsa there. <laughs> this is why you need to pack it okay. in there. Packing so. list, people. The packing list. Um, and then I have my miscellaneous, which is like my yeah. charges, my laptops, and random cable-y stuff—stuff stuff that doesn't fit in that any of mm. those categories. So yeah, that's my yeah. foolproof packing list. I've shared it to all my friends, and it has never done anybody wrong. It's foolproof. I'm I'm sure of it. And if this is your sign to have a packing list, then yeah, please go, please go do it. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the other tips that you recently shared with me as well is that 
um, planning your outfits in advance to avoid mm-hmm. overpacking, which I don't think you actually, you don't I'm not going overpack. To, yeah, I know. I'm definitely I'm a serial <laughs> overpacker and I do blame my anxiety for that. It's something that I am working through. You know, I acknowledge my weaknesses and I will try to overcome them. But this is a tip that I recently, well, I thought about it and then I thought that it was excessive mm. and then I saw somebody actually do it and I was like, you know what? This is the best damn idea ever. And I don't know why I didn't do it sooner, but it is a little bit Mm -hmm. hasslesome. And this is where I think it's like a very specific to the person that's packing. Like you said, (laughs) I feel like for you, it'd be like too time consuming and just a waste of energy for you to do this, to plan your outfits in advance. But I think for me, it'd give me a lot of security and also a lot less baggage to drag around. (laughs) Um, The thing is like, I've already planned the outfits in my head. Do you know what I mean? Before I even gone to like pack, I've looked through Instagram to see the images of how people have taken photos at, you know, location that you go, that you're also going to the Eiffel Tower. And, and if it's sunny, what kind of dress I should wear in order to maximize the glow, the summer European glow. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So I've always just planned based on that like that's how I actually <laughs> go to yeah. pack my bag is like, I'm looking through to see I'm like I'm gonna maximize the the, the most amount of opportunities to take photos mm. like a mad ass tourist but I'm I need to have those outfits mm-hmm, planned mm-hmm. you know um so that's yeah planning your outfits in advance is great but to the extent that you're doing it is a little bit, a little crazy. bit excessive so I was like to be so like, do share I was like so <laughs> What my, well, I've seen other people do, and I've also thought about doing was people have, you know, basically laid out their entire damn wardrobe or everything that they want slash is considering of bringing like on the floor, on your bed and literally like creating the outfit, like putting it on and then taking a picture in the mirror and then making an album on your phone so that you literally have a collection of all the possible combinations that you could do. And I think this is just the most ingenious idea ever. One. (laughs) <laughs> because you can see like literally without a doubt all the options that you can make with for example a specific top because the amount of times mm. when I've planned an outfit in my head and then I put it on and it looks fuggly and then I've had to start yeah. again from scratch it's just not a vibe so the fact yeah. that I've pre-tried everything on to know 100% yes this look is cute and I rock it and that it also can you know go with other items in my in my um in my yeah. capsule wardrobe that I'm going to be bringing. And it also saves yeah. you the time of having to figure out what you want to wear that day. Cause you can just open yeah. your photo album and go, mm, yep, that's a cute outfit. Yep. That, that matches what I'm doing today. Let's go with that one. And then I save time in the morning yeah. when I leave. So yeah. better beam, better boom. Am I going to waste four hours taking selfies before I go on my holiday? You damn bet I will. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Like that, I like that idea only because I have actually tried doing that with my own wardrobe at mm. home, not just to travel. Because I feel like whenever you do go shopping, right, you want to buy things that suit things that you uh, already have yeah. at home. You don't want to buy something and then bring it home and realize that it suits nothing that you've already gotten. And then you, you're in a bit of a shamble because you, it, you can't wear it with anything yeah. else. So. Um, that is definitely a good idea and don't think of it as a waste of time. Think of it as, investment. you know, investment <laughs> of your future wardrobe. So. 
Yeah. Um, if the Japanese people can have a capsule wardrobe, so can you, honey. Okay. <laughs> Another tip that we have here is to always bring a duffel bag for extra luggage space when coming home. Now, a duffel bag can be like one of those really like soft nylon mm. pieces where you can fold yeah. it up and zip it all up and stuff. But a fun tip that I also have um, trailing on on this tip is that when I travel with my partner, we pack everything into a medium suitcase mm-hmm. and then we put the medium suitcase into a large suitcase. Yeah. And then you check in the large suitcase with the medium suitcase inside, inside it mm-hmm. so that we... We, when we do come home, we have an, like a big suitcase to carry all of our stuff. And then we also have the medium suitcase to carry all the stuff that we yeah. took with us. So it's, it's kind of like an extra bonus mm. kind of thing. You're like traveling light, but then you're coming home with, with like all the stuff. And you don't have stuff. to spend money on like a suitcase. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my tip on that. What do you think about that? I definitely <laughs> do that as well. I always like pack in a medium suitcase and then put my big one inside. Um, another thing that I also learned the hard way is sometimes having a hand, like a hand carry like suitcase is not always mm. the best thing because I'll end mm. the trip with like three suitcases. Like I'm dragging three yeah. or even just two suitcases. And sometimes it's just really hard. Like when I was in Japan, we, let's just say me and my partner did bicker a little bit because of how many suitcases we brought. It was just not very functional. So, um, if you can avoid bringing a hand carry, like draggy kind of suitcase, I think for mm-hmm. hand carries, it's best to have a backpack so that you're like hands free so that you can just push your large and then your medium suitcase, like at the end of the day to like go yeah. from like one place to another. Um, but yeah, yeah. definitely like the hard way in terms of overpacking and like bringing the correct kind of suitcase and bags. Um, but yeah. yeah, I definitely agree with the duffel bag thing. Like my country road bag is pretty much a staple in my travel. It always, <laughs> I always fold it up. Like it's great also for, if you're going like on a small day trip, for example, you know, if you're yeah. in Italy and you're going to the beach, that's maybe an hour away and you have to take the bus, you don't want to be dragging your little suitcase with you or, you know, it doesn't fit all in your backpack because your beach towel is too big. Um, but duffel bags always come in handy and they always fold up into mm. like pretty much nothing. So it's. Just a really good security item to have, once again. Security items. Yeah. I do have a tip. If you do want to carry your um, hand carry that's, like, on wheels and you can drag it and that sort of thing, you can actually buy a luggage strap and hook it around your hand Mm -hmm. carry and then, like... When, you've, when you're rolling your medium or your large suitcase, you can actually strap it around the handles so that you're just pushing it one. sits on top of the – and then you're pushing both mm. of them together so instead of having to hold two of them and then rolling it or whatever. Well, I had a really so hard time going through Japan and even in China when the roads – like the, the pavements weren't like – it wasn't like concrete straight or like if it was a cobblestone. Mm. Like I know, for example, Italy yeah. – like or just Europe in general has a lot of cobblestone kind of like pavements yeah. and very narrow like thingos. And it's just like the thought of having to drag like three little suitcases on bumpy like surfaces, not a fun time, not a vibe. This is really <laughs> not a vibe. But this get the donkey. Yeah, just get a, <laughs> get a donkey. Get a, just, get a carriage. <laughs> just, why are you so poor? Just get a carriage. Get an Uber. <laughs> Problem solved. Yeah, um, 
Yeah, no, I, I yeah. get where you're coming from, though. I yeah. think another yeah. really, I guess, type A and also quite specific to me thing is I'm very particular about what I like to have in my hand carry. I like to be strategic about mm. it. Um, because I'm a very specific, specific person in regards to like how I like to be. Is that the right way to put it? For example, non-negotiable is to always have wet wipes in my hand carry, especially if I'm on a long (laughs) flight. Uh, when my sister went to Europe, right, she had to go on, I think it was like a 12 hour whole flight. It was like, no, actually, no, sorry. It's like a 24 hour flight because it was like 12 hours or whatever to Dubai. She had like a three hour layover before another like 16 or whatever hours like to Italy. And I was like, sis, you have to have face wipes. And she's like, oh, but it's like bulky and it's like an extra thing. And I was like, what? You're going in the middle of summer. Y'all gonna be so wetty. You're not gonna have time to shower. Unfortunately, we are not business lounge clients so i do not have the luxury of you know going into to get it for a quick shower so wet wipes are your best friend in this situation Mm -hmm. non-negotiable um what what else do you like to have in your hand carry i always like um depending on obviously depending on where you Mm -hmm. travel because if you're traveling a little bit further then obviously there's some non-negotiable things that you'd want to pack in there um but i always have my electronics and um I guess a book Mm, because you just never know. Yeah. Yeah. Electronics are non-negotiable for me because they're obviously very expensive and I just don't want to get it thrown around when it's sitting in like um, anywhere else. Yeah. I just don't want to get it damaged. So that's why I always have it in my hand carry. And a book is because when you don't have internet, at least you've got some sort of entertainment. entertainment. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So that's me. And I always have... So under the subcategory of electronics, a portable charger, that is a non-negotiable 100%. for me. I'm not going to be roaming Looking for a an airport. <laughs> yeah. Nah, that's just not, that's just mm-hmm. not me. And also not only that, God knows whatever, if you have like, if you've gone to a stopover at another country for a layover and you don't have a travel adapter for that country, mm-hmm. what the hell are you going to yeah. do? What are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> Our bank is definitely like, like just yeah. like a, a lifesaver in so many instances. Yeah. Some other things I'd like to keep in my hand carry are, of course, important docs, basic medication, and also yeah. a spare change of clothes, especially with so many airports around the world like being short-staffed. It's just not a new thing now to have people lose their suitcase completely or be you know, mm-hmm. without their suitcase for a few days while they try to locate it. So I always pack a spare change of clothing. So like a pant top or just one outfit and also like undergarments. So like my underwear, my bras and my socks. So at least I have one yeah. spare change of clothes to rotate between with what I'm wearing and also another set of clothes. Yeah. And also some gum which is something also really underrated. I hate it when my ears yeah. pop. So I always like to have some sort of like gum or like lolly to chew on on the plane to yeah. kind of stop that from yeah. happening. So yeah, just another little thing yeah. to keep in there. Love that so much. I think we now need to do a hand carry like packing know, list. Like, What's in my hand carry? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely should um, add that to the list for our mm-hmm. listeners. A sub within your packing so, list. Yes. <laughs> That's right. (laughs) Now, we obviously have travel products that are non-negotiable. Highly recommend. You must have it. 
Highly recommended. What are they, Jesse? Um, so, so what my first non-negotiable is a luggage scale. Of luggage scale, literally non-negotiable. <laughs> I don't understand how I was weighing my luggage like on my scale for the, such the longest time. Yeah. Ago. Like you, you like put it on the scale and then you like leave it there and then you take it off to see how much it weighs. Or like I've yeah. seen people like just hold their luggage and stand on it and just like minus like their body weight to see yeah. how much it weighs. But um, yeah, having a little those little luggage scales like with you is so handy, yeah. especially when you're coming back from your trip and you're trying to pack. Yeah. You know, you might not you might be in a hotel where there isn't a scale available, and most of the time, specific airlines will have like a limit on how much one luggage can be mm-hmm. and you don't want to be one caught at the airport paying a massive fine because you've maybe gone over by a crap ton or you yeah. have to open your luggage up and move crap around so that you know it's like one suitcase is within the the limit and it just yeah it looks bad and it's really awkward like having your shit all out on the like airport floor yeah not a vibe yeah. so definitely have a luggage scale on you guys mm-hmm. one of my ones is um shoe drawstring storage bags mm. i don't know if you know what that is but obviously you're not going to be going overseas with just one pair of shoes you're going to be carrying a couple and nothing is just more disgusting than having open shoes yeah. out Mm-mm. in between Mm-mm. your clothes Mm-mm. and all that sort of yeah, stuff no, no. the drawstring storage bags are reusable they're like you know, little bags that they're, they're like the plastic bags, but you've got the drawstring mm. that you can just pull and you can clean them, that sort of thing. So it's just handy to have. You can even use them at home yeah. when you're not traveling as well. So those are the one of the other things that I realized that I really like as well. Then I, when I did go to Bali for the second time, I was there for a destination wedding. And obviously with destination weddings, you have to bring a dress or a suit or a shirt, that sort of thing. You can't just, you know, dress in shorts yeah. and a t-shirt when you go to <laughs> exactly. a wedding. And I thought about, like, what would happen because obviously you're folding all your clothes up into a suitcase and then it's going to get crinkly, right? So how do you make sure that it's, you know, nicely cri- like nicely crimped in the right places and it's good to go for a wedding-appropriate um, event right so I invested in a portable steamer mm. and oh, it is the best thing ever like if you're one of those people who like to have fresh crisp clothes a portable steamer is your best friend to take with you on your trips yeah. it doesn't even have to be for yeah. a wedding you could just look really nice and put together True. all the time True. yeah yeah or you can use the other hack that I do use. Um, if you shower <laughs> in really hot water. If you're a girl, just, your just, just put it in when your girl showers because she probably like showers yeah. in boiling water. <laughs> yeah. Um, hang your clothes on a hanger and then put it in the bathroom and just let that steam do its, do its thing. thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some non-negotiable travel products that I also like is definitely a power board. Don't understand how anyone <laughs> travels without a, a power board. And a travel adapter as well. And of course, a portable mm-hmm. charger, like you said. I think we yeah. rely so much on our electronics to function. And you don't want to be handicapping yourself out there in the wild, you know? <laughs> so yeah, if you're going to have anything on you, it has to be your phone. And you make you got to make sure that she's got the juice for that. <laughs> so yeah, my power board, my portable charger, and a travel adapter. 
I like to get the ones mm-hmm. where it's like a universal travel adapter where you can like push the certain prongs out depending on which country yeah. you go to. So I just have one mm-hmm. and I usually just keep that on me like for my entire trip and it like does the job. Yeah. Plug in my travel adapter yeah. and then I'm set. Set for life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one more thing, or actually a couple more things. Um, another thing that I do like doing is depending on how long I'm in um, another country for, I do like getting a SIM for that mm-hmm. country. Um, just specifically because I don't really like um, joining public Wi-Fis yeah. just in case. Um, and if I do have a SIM, at least I always have data on me when I'm traveling exactly. outside of the yeah. hotel and that sort of thing. Um, just for, you know, to be contactable. Um, I do. And also to, like use the maps and stuff. Yeah, like that. that sort of thing. Like even when you're calling an Uber, how are you supposed to do that without data, right? So yeah, you don't want to be looking for a Starbucks. It's just exactly, and you want to use Google Maps. Um, so that's why I do get a phone SIM. Um, if I'm traveling for less than a week, obviously it's not probably not that much of a big mm. deal. But if it's any more than you know. I'd say 10 days or so, I'd probably get um, a SIM. Uh, Yeah, that's my tip for that one. And um, jumping on the emotional support water bottle (laughs) for our anxious, you know, girls out there, my emotional support water bottle is always with me everywhere I go. It is a non-negotiable yeah, for me. Even if it's in a country that has bottled so water and you can a, only a water drink. Bottle. It really is so underrated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because you know what you can do? You can boil water at the hotel and then yeah. put it in your emotional support you water bottle and drink it. Buy water. Exactly. 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 Yeah. Um, <laughs> some other two more things that I'd like to mention. Following on from Mary's mm-hmm. SIM card one, always bring a pin with you. How many times have people gone to the airport, bought a SIM card, and then gone, oh, fudge, I can't I can't get my pin out of my phone. And then you're trying to get a pen <laughs> and, you know, trying to use a bobby kit. It's just, it's just, that's just something that lives in, like, my mm-hmm. little passport holder. Yeah. And the amount of times I've gone overseas and, or with friends and stuff, and they go, oh, damn it. I've, like, I didn't forgot to bring a iPhone SIM pin. And I'm like, ha! Look what I have, and I am prepared once again. (laughs) Telling you guys the packing list. The packing list. Um, And another thing that I've noticed that a lot of people are getting lately is air tags, Apple air tags. Again, with everybody's luggage is going who knows where, going to more places than you sometimes. (laughs) An air tag can be quite handy. I've loved to watch people's like TikTok stories about like them on their journey to reunite yeah. with their suitcase. They're like watching where the suitcase has gone on the air tag. So that's been pretty cool. Definitely something that I would consider to get mm-hmm. just to kind of, I don't know, like again, give myself some security. <laughs> it's all <laughs> I'm about security. That's right. And I think that is all we have time for today. I hope that that has been educational and entertaining for you guys to listen to. If you guys have any travel tips or hacks that you would like to share with the community, please leave us a comment or if you have any questions about some of the tips that we have or you're like, girl, you're doing it wrong. There's a better way to do it. We want to hear from you. Reach out to us on our Instagram page at messyminds.podcast. If you're enjoying our show, please give us a rate and a review on whatever platform you're tuning in on. 
please be sure to come back next week for some more juicy discussions. Until then, this is Mary. And this is Jessie. And don't forget to declutter your messy minds. Bye. Bye.